All right. His Girl Friday. All right. Is that what we're starting with? Right. I think that's where we left off. Yeah, it right. was. It was because I watched it like a month ago. <laughs> you <dumb> bastard. <laughs> well, we had plans to record that weekend, and then you like, eh. Uh, I don't remember uh, at all. <laughs> I'm sure you don't. I could go back through our text messages and find it. That looks I like refuse. I have His Girl Friday <laughs> on the 21st of April. But I'm sure that date is a moving target. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that is the last, uh, the last date that you agreed upon. Yes, but there was a previous. <laughs> oh, we got to make Earth Day for Waterworld. Uh, so. That's right. Yeah, that was always our plan. Let's go with that. Yeah, the uh, the famous podcast holiday, <laughs> Earth Day, the Earth Day special, <laughs> which everyone does, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. Look, I'm looking for a market here. Untapped. <laughs> there's, it's got to be. I mean, there's got to be some untapped market somewhere. So here we are, the uh, the Earth Day podcast. Uh, yeah. All right. So His Girl Friday. Where where did we leave off? What was our last episode before this? Was there anything like leading into this or Being much better? How to lose a guy in ten days? Oh yes. I, we had. I had to now, look if for me where that started. <laughs> it happened one night. That's where it, it started. That's right. Okay. Yes, yes. And then you told me I had to figure out a well-thought-of film on these lists that has to do with, like, love and newspapers, oh, love and reporters. This is how we ended up with His Girl Friday, which is from way back in 1940, uh, Cary Grant and Rosalind Russell. So what is, I know like strangely online, there's, there's some disparate opinions when it comes to Cary Grant as an actor. Do you have, mm. do you have like specific connections to Cary Grant? Cause he's someone who had a very long, varied career, you know, did his share of drama, did his share of comedy. Um, so what do you, just generally, like, what do you think of when you think of Cary Grant? Movie star, I think. Mm. Just mm-hmm. uh, iconic <laughs> for being a movie star, I guess. Uh, I know yeah. him from, you know, Hitchcock uh, works, uh, I guess, you know, the, um, what we would know of is like the rom-com then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know if that's what it was called then. Well, I think back then it would be like the screwball comedy, Right. right. But um, which became rom coms. Now think. I I, I had not seen this before, and I've never seen Bringing Up Baby. Um, and I've always, mm. I, I wouldn't say I've like stayed away from them because, uh, good God, Dave, the copy I was watching of this on Amazon oh, Prime, it's horrible, it's horrific. It's, it's, <laughs> I watched the same copy, and I was like, "Is something wrong with my internet connection?" What is going I thought it on? kept going in and out. Uh, no, that's just, I guess, uh, this is, uh, what is the, um, what is the terminology for this? It's, it's like fair use now. It's in the public domain. That's what I'm looking for. So there are various copies, uh, of ill repute out there and Amazon prime just jumps all over them. Like we got this movie as well as our other junk. And, uh, I, I never sought it out or bringing up baby, um, because they're referenced uh, stylistically, uh, where so many modern—well, I shouldn't say so many—but a lot of modern 
like film fan type stuff. It's like, oh, they're they're talking like it's his girl Friday, like it's that type of banter. And yes. I can't say that I've ever enjoyed those because they're they're mm. clearly like an homage to a bygone era. And so it may be unfair to the originals where I'm like, I don't know if I want his girl Friday banter. I don't know if I want people <laughs> talking over each other and just being so glib and so cute and smart. Uh, which is to say this is a far cry from uh, Matthew McConaughey in the way he does it in our previous episode, which is a slow draw. Uh, and then, uh, you know, his eyes pop out of his socket. That's, that's sort of the combination you get with McConaughey. Uh, Cary Grant in particular, if you're asking me as an actor, I, I think now he would not be as well regarded. He may be just as successful, but the mm -hmm. modern equivalent is, uh, I think George Clooney is probably yeah, the that's closest. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. And Clooney has to scratch either it's an itch of his, of his own making, or it's just that pressure to not be as cute, not be as charming, uh, where he, as in particular in his own works, the, the last film of his he did for Netflix, which I really didn't like. I thought it was incredibly boring. The midnight sky where it's just, mm -hmm. Sad bastard Clooney, and I, I can't imagine sad bastard Cary Grant, but I don't think at the time there was as much pressure, uh, nor as much flexibility for these movie stars to stretch in that regard. Right. And so, I mean, his persona is pretty well defined. I think even if you've not seen too much of his actual work, I think people will understand who Cary Grant is like they would the John Wayne. Not to say that those two are similar, but just... If <laughs> but you've they seen both one, have their style. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, slightly better than John Wayne, I think, uh, Cary Grant. I think More likable, for sure, say. yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why, I mean, I like this movie. I like Bringing Up Baby. Um, you know, he. I like Philadelphia Story. Like, he's great in, in these screwball comedies. And But I think it probably does suffer in that way that you're talking about, how, like, if... If you weren't, and none of us were, if you weren't around for like the 1940s and 50s, we've seen this parroted and parodied for decades, right? So then you go back and you're like, huh, yeah, this just reminds me of that bullshit I don't like in <laughs> modern movies when they try to do it. So it's, it can be hard to kind of wrap your mind around and like get in the right mindset for it, which is why I think... I prefer Cary Grant in drama. I think he's great in either. I think your uh, comparison to Clooney is perfect uh, because there are very there are very few actors who can do comedy and drama equally well. Um, and I think Clooney has that gift. It's a little bit different style of comedy than Cary Grant did. Clooney just kind of is a buffoon in most of his comedies, you know, especially in the Coen brothers comedies um, and very serious in his, in his dramatic work um, where, and Cary Grant, I think I like him, especially in Hitchcock movies. Um, Notorious uh, would be the one that comes to mind for me as far as my favorite role of his, yeah, which is pretty see, for me, mean at times. <laughs> for me, it's suspicion, um, okay. which is kind of a, it, it actually, I was shocked to find out that was nominated for an Academy Award because uh, it's not super well thought of in cinephile circles. Like, they, like yeah, it's good. It's it's Hitchcock. It's hard to go wrong. But people are like, really? That's the one you're gonna you're gonna watch that? And I love it. I think it's great because it's it's Cary Grant playing a femme fatale essentially, uh, which is a nice little twist um, that maybe you wouldn't expect from an older movie. Like you expect, like oh, we're gonna play with genre much later when we've exhausted what genre is uh, in the fifties and sixties. But yeah. Um, but this movie, 
um not only is it everything that you've seen parodied like it's it feels it feels almost like a parody of itself Mm. it is even quicker than most of these kind of fast talking screwball comedies like because you've got him and you've got rosalind russell playing this uh playing the female lead and they are both like at a thousand miles an hour like from the beginning like when she walks in and they start talking it's like oh we're 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 just gonna dive in like there's no there's no lead up it all it does make you wonder like why she ever was with uh this new guy seems like yesterday to me maybe it was yesterday hildy been seeing me in your dreams no, no, Mama doesn't dream about you anymore, Wally. You wouldn't know the old girl now. Ah, uh, yes, I would. I'd know you any time, any, any place. place any... Anywhere. Ah, oh, you're repeating yourself, Walter. That's the speech you made the night you proposed. Yeah, I know that you still remember it. Of course I remember it. If I didn't remember it, I wouldn't have divorced you. Yeah, so I wish you hadn't done that, Hilly. Done what? Divorce me. Makes a fella lose all faith in himself. Gives him a... Almost gives him a feeling he wasn't wanted. Oh, now, look, Junior, that's what divorces are for. Nonsense. You've got an old-fashioned idea. Divorce is something that lasts forever, till death do us part. Why, divorce doesn't mean anything nowadays, Hildy. Just a few words mumbled over you by a judge. We've got something between us nothing can change. Mm, well, I suppose you're right in a way, Walter. Sure, I'm right. I am fond of you, you know. And a girl? I often wish you weren't such a stinker. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, he's like he could he could not be more different, and I'm trying to re- what, remember what movie it's from. But that same actor also played um, a guy who uh, was like fighting for the affections of a woman uh, over uh, with Cary Grant, and it didn't work out for him them either. So the awful truth. Uh, yeah, the awful idea? truth. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he just got kind of pigeonholed into this area of like, you're going to be the nice guy who women dump Cary Grant for, which is a little, and he only plays kind of a bumpkin, you know, like usually from, you know, usually from the American South, usually hmm. a little bit slower, but nice, loves his mother, you know, all those kind of stereotypes. And Cary Grant is the fast talking kind of city slicker. Um but I think that stuff really works here. I, I like the fact that uh, Russell and Russell's character is constantly trying to protect him um, from everything that's going on. Like, she knows. She has a good head on her shoulder. She's been through it. Like, the whole thing. Like, oh, yeah, it's uh, it's an old uh, uh, paper uh, thing. You put your money in your hat, you know? <laughs> so he can actually be protected from these awful people that are all around them. Guard holler. Hail the guard. Thank you. Hilda Johnson speaking. Oh, blue. oh hello, oh, Bruce. I got a diamond. Well, what about me? We've been playing for an hour. Yeah, take it I easy, have will you? Hello, Bruce. Uh, did you get the check? I would write my pocket. Oh, in your pocket. That's fine. Wait a minute. Maybe it isn't so fine. Bruce, where are you? I'm in Mr. Burns' office. Is he there? Well, now, uh, look, Bruce. I don't want you to carry that check around in your pocket. Well, because... Yes, yes, I know all that, but... Uh, Bruce, uh, there's an old newspaper superstition that the first big check you get, you put in the uh, lining of your hat. In your hat. Uh, it brings good luck. I've been a reporter for 20 years. I never heard that before. Neither did I. I know it sounds silly, dear, but do it for me, please. For a dime. Yes, yes, right now. Uh, and I think Just that's actually the challenge of the movie, is like finding out if there is someone to root for. Did you have any issues with that as you were watching the movie? Are there likable characters here? No, not really. Um, <laughs> I had a feeling. <laughs> well, okay, so I I was uh, flanked on this one. I, you know, I mentioned my hesitation to go back to the uh, His Girl Friday style dialogue, 
but I was also forced for uh, another podcast, uh, War Machine vs. War Horse at the time. It's now on the Trilogy and Theory feed uh, by Ben Zook to watch the front page. And I don't mm. remember what the new film was that I, I don't even know if it really mattered. There probably was someone reading a newspaper in it. He's like, you got to watch the front page because I didn't know what that was. And that's the original incarnation of this uh, based on the stage play. I think it's a little bit closer to it, because uh, what, what I read was that Howard Hawks uh, said that that was the best uh, screenplay uh, he'd ever read, and then proceeded to uh, have his actors improvise and like throw out half of the dialogue. <laughs> so, a lot of respect for the written what word What an there. asshole. It was different, though, because uh, I always thought, okay, this is the movie star version. Like, the front page is, mm. like... Uh, very stagey. Uh, it's usually the guys sitting around like in the bullpen, sitting around table, playing cards. You get a little bit of that in this film, uh, yeah. but you know you switch, you you gender uh, flip one of the the roles, and so then you have this possible romance uh, with the two characters. And the first act of this, I'm I'm getting it. I'm like, okay, I, I see that it's just it's kind of the same, but we're we're gonna we can almost stuff this in another comedy genre. Uh, and then Cary Grant is like gone for like the second act of the movie. And I'm like, Oh, this is why from the front page, it was more of like an ensemble, like just guys smoking. And, uh, it would be like if they remade, uh, I mean, this is, you know, going far more dramatic, good night and good luck. And, uh, Clooney, the producer was, you know, Holly Hunter for going broadcast news and <laughs> David Strathern. And then, uh, you know, Strathern is just gone for like one entire act. And you're like, wait, are, so are we doing the romance or not? Like, oh, oh, we're actually going back to the job. I I felt that there was a weird push and pull to this. Um, I don't know. Well, first off, I don't know if I'd watch it again. Certainly, it was it's going to have to be at a higher quality than what, what oh, I had man. from Amazon. That was That's a rough. rough way. And I seem to remember the front page was the same way, but the front page also came out in like the early 30s, I think. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, I didn't have high expectations, but for these, I just always assume, well, someone's come back in and cleaned this up. You know, it's an established classic. Um, I, yeah, you, when you're asking for whom, who am I rooting for? Uh, maybe it's the fucking bumpkin, I guess, at that point. Cause I'm just, and I'm, I'm not rooting for him to like maintain his relationships. I'm thinking, you're too good for this just world. Go home, be safe, <laughs> yeah, sir. Yeah, <laughs> you, you don't need to be involved in these shenanigans and people are just not listening to you. They're not talking. Uh, they're talking to you, but not like uh, having a conversation with you. Yeah. yeah. That was one aspect of it. When you, you started this conversation with Cary Grant, where I felt like this is one of his weaker performances for me. Like mm -hmm. he's still doing the Cary Grant thing, but yeah. I feel like, I don't know. Like I, I don't get the need for Hawks here that he was like really adamant. Like this has got to be the fastest talking film ever and the you know yeah. this early history of talkies we have to break the speed barrier <laughs> and i feel like you see the actors work a lot more than what you're used to on film maybe on mm -hmm. stage yes because right. that has a different vibe sitting in a room like they're on a literal stage in front of you performing for you at but you. <laughs> here <laughs> i felt like it was uh to go back to Clooney that grant this was like er Clooney. Like the the mm. dialogue, he's just just ripping off pages of it, but he's not really engaged with the other actor. It's like it's like he's waiting. For, it's like a like playing in a band. He's like waiting for the timing down, yep. and it, it it was weird because I'm used to Cary Grant 
he there's just such ease to his charm that I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, we're actually watching these actors sweat a little bit, and so the um, the craft of it, the technical aspect that Hawk seemed to be going after, I don't I don't get. Now certainly it's had a long legacy that people have referenced mm-hmm. it as a style, but I I don't know if it's to any particular end uh of of, <laughs> of the story itself i couldn't even really tell you the, the the story and i've seen this version twice now but i think this one i'd be like well i don't know i think these couples gonna get back together you know she's gonna get rid of the other guy and there's a man who's gonna be executed but they've got him in a desk drawer somewhere and it's like i don't know it's just <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's i i'm glad you brought up that whole thing with the front page because apparently not only was he like determined to break this record but and this explains i didn't know this before watching the movie because this when for the podcast this is the first time i had seen it it was one of those like oh really i haven't seen that that feels like something i would have seen by now especially given Cary grant being in it um but even though i like it it the the pace of it is so breakneck that it feels awkward and i feel like it's too fast for the human brain like you you're just constantly kind of catching up so you kind of feel like the bumpkin um which i don't think you should i think you should be able to keep up with it it's a really tough balance well, and i guess different from the the coen brother comedies that you know intolerable cruelty is one that probably like apes this yes the style it's it's a very distinct point that the Coen brothers are making where all the characters they're showing you are stupid and you're actually right. ahead of their shenanigans. Right. Whereas here right. you were the stupid one. Like, the- what is happening? <laughs> like, yeah. And I guess a part of the reason for that, I think, is he was so determined to break this record that he kind of falsified some things. He used a sound mixer to speed up the dialogue. Like Cary Grant and Rosalind Russell are talking very fast, but they're not talking that fast. It's like these monsters that listen to podcasts on one and a half speed instead of just We still appreciate speed. the download. Thank <laughs> yes, you for your service. hundred percent. You are just like us. Yeah. So it does, it does have these moments of, I'm actually glad that um, <laughs> you were a little bit behind and I had to like watch this again because there were things that I <laughs> caught the second time that I wouldn't have caught the first time because you just like. At a certain point, I think your brain just tunes out for its own protection. Like, it's just like, I, you know what? <laughs> I was supposed to be enjoying this, and um, this is just hurting my head. Uh, so I'm going to I'm gonna stop well, for a minute. Especially if you're already pissed about the video quality you're getting on uh, the yeah. streaming service, and my dog's jumping up and all, down off the couch, and I'm like, what? Okay, uh, whatever. Uh, you know, oh, we'll, yeah, we'll you tune out around. for 10 seconds. You missed the whole <laughs> plot point. Like, it is, it moves very, very quickly. I was wondering what you thought about, like, the kind of, I guess, the B-plot of this one. Because the A-plot is the bromance. It's mm-hmm. the kind of rekindling, reconnection between these two beautiful Hollywood stars. And then all the time in the background, you have, you know, like, you have this man literally on death's door. Life and death, right? yep. Right? This is, you know, which which I think is a plot-wise a smart decision. It makes things matter, right? You have this all the time in the back. Like, not only is it there, but you hear the sound of the, them testing all the all the works of how they're going to kill him. And then you have this, you know, innocent, nice old man who uh, we don't know whether he's done this or not at the beginning of the movie. I think we kind of think like this guy, no, no chance. Um, and you have this connection between him and this other woman who works with the reporters. And of course, we can't. I, Mike, I swear to God, I did not know that there was going to be a suicide attempt in this movie. They just keep coming. Your streak continues, sir. My God. <laughs> and I'm not even trying. It's not like I'm, you know, I'm doing, uh, you know, Clint Eastwood boxing movies. Like, I'm just like, 
I'm now Watching. searching to see, is there a suicide in broadcast news from Mr. James L. Brooks? Is there an attempt? I don't know. I mean, maybe you can count Joan Cusack falling down uh, a lot. Yeah, but yeah maybe. You know, that, that would be just an accidental death on the job. And it seems like a lot of the ones that are popping up are these older movies. And it's such a strange thing because I don't associate with, like, old Hollywood with a bunch of suicide attempts. But, yeah, here we here we are once again. So, But aside from that horrible moment, and mm. thankfully she survives somehow from that fall, what did you think of the connection, supposedly, that she has with this guy on death row? Did that stuff work for you and her <laughs> being angry at the newsmen for being so callous? <laughs> I mean – I think you quickly get the point because, uh, you know, they're sitting around playing cards and they can ignore the the, the literal death trap being made outside their window. Uh, but it did feel, like I said, we have the romance in this version where uh, the shenanigans, we all take a moment uh, to have like Mark Ruffalo from Spotlight come in to like lecture you. I wouldn't mind a nice big blonde with big brown eyes. I'll bet you 10 to 1 I don't last six months. She's just like us. We wouldn't be sticking around waiting for that guy to Well, do. well, Miss Molly Malloy. Well, hello, Molly. Hello, Molly. Molly, how's tricks? I've been looking for you, Tramps. Don't have to call on Williams. He's right across the courtyard. Better hurry up. Nice bunch of roses you sent to Earl. What do you want done with them tomorrow morning? <laughs> a lot of wise guys, ain't you? You're breaking up the game, Molly. What do you want? I came to... I came to tell you what I think of you. All of you. Keep your shirt on. If you was worth breaking my nails on, I'd tear your face wide open. What do you swore about, sweetheart? Wasn't that a swell story we gave you? Yeah, what do you want? Uh, well, you crumbs guys. have been making a fool out of me long enough. I never said I loved Earl Williams and was willing to marry him on the gallows. You made that up. What about my being a soulmate and having a love nest with him? Well, you did, didn't you? Yeah, have been sticking around that cuckoo ever since they threw him in the death house. That's a lie. Yeah, everybody knows you're your girlfriend. I met Mr. Williams just once in my life. How many? Two. When he was wandering around in the rain without his hat and coat on, like a sick dog, the day before the shooting. Give me one. I went up to him like any human being would, and I asked him what was the matter. And and he told me about being fired after being on the same job for 14 years. Who bet? At 20 cents. And I brought him up to my room because it was warm there. I'll put it on a phonograph. Oh, listen to me, please. I tell you, he just sat there talking to me all night. He never once laid a hand on me. And and in the morning he went away. And I never saw him again till that day of the trial. <laughs> sure, I was his witness. And what a witness. That's why you're persecuting me. Because Earl Williams treated me decent and not like an animal. Go to your dance so. at the press room. We're busy. Why don't you go see your boyfriend? Yeah, he's got a nice room. You won't have it long. He left a call for 7 a.m. <gasps> it's a wonder a bowl of lightning don't come down and strike you all sin. for a moment (laughs) about we should all take this a bit more seriously and to what you said as far as if you uh drift for 10 seconds i'm like huh what who's this lady am i supposed to be taking this seriously what's happening (laughs) what's going on uh i i I think it's meant to you know they, they even have the um I don't know if your version, if you watched it on Amazon Prime like I did, the yep. little uh, sort of card at the beginning that's like, hey, 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 you know, these are how uh, old newspaper men were, not you know, not the current guys. You guys are good, like that. You know, it's like the first <laughs> gag. Yes, um, yes. I don't remember from my watching of the the front page, uh, you know, a handful of years ago, if it was that sort of didactic or they had that sort of scene uh, in that regard, like. Certainly, they were seen as jaded scumbags of sorts, 
but I don't remember if they had a scene where someone comes and like points their finger in their face. Like you guys are a bunch of jerks. (laughs) I don't remember that. I would say, um, befuddled would be the word I had, Dave. I had befuddled by the lecture, befuddled by the suicide attempt as far as, because if, if we're watching a Coen brothers movie, I mean, they're going back to intolerable cruelty. There is a joke where a man, uh, thinks that he (laughs) has another object that will help him breathe pointing into his mouth. And it's a gun and Clooney mugs as this man shoots himself right in the face. (laughs) That is telegraphed as far as I am. I can laugh at this. I can laugh at the death of Wheezy here. I don't, I don't know if, are we supposed to laugh during that sequence? See, that was actually something that popped into my head as I was watching this. Cause it's so, it's an interesting scene. I don't think it's a good scene, but it's, it's interesting cause it's played both ways. Like she's very passionate about this and about how terrible these guys are. So you're like, Oh, okay. I'm kind of behind you. And then the guys are cracking jokes and they're pretty good jokes. So you're like, am I supposed to be living this? Am I with the cool kids at the table or am I with the woman in despair? It's almost like the jokes are too well written for the moment. You're like, needs more uh, visual gags and an inhaler bit. That's what you need. The Coen brothers had it, it right. That's it. Isn't there a scene in the Hudsucker proxy where someone tries to commit suicide? Yeah, but the glass had been changed. It's the window. See, that's <laughs> yep. what they needed in this movie. Then she would have been in no danger at all. And I think the reason that bit, like that relationship doesn't work for me is that they don't, they don't do any of the work. Like, you don't really show them meeting. You don't show their connection. She just comes back and yells it and lectures us. Whereas later you have a scene with our lead, with our female lead, it goes and talks to him. And if you had had a scene like that with that other woman and you like actually connect like, oh man, this poor guy. And then you come back and have that, that scene. It's almost like it just, they were like, ah, well, Rosalind Russell has too many lines. We got, we got to have another woman in here. So let's, let's have her lecture the audience for a little bit. So we know how important this is. And that, that stuff doesn't work. And especially because the, any other time that, that guy shows up in the movie, it's played for laughs. You know, whether it's like accidentally shooting the gun or it's, you know, being hidden in the desk drawer and like ended up making noise because he's, you know, he has no air. Like it's all played for laughs. It's he is only... wheezy. So what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> literally. Yes. It's, it's, but it's like, that's the only serious moment with him. So it, they wanted to have this background of like, oh, you need to care about this. But it felt like, ah, we got to keep this moving though. We're not, we're not going to really focus on who this guy is or why he did or didn't do it. We're just going to set it up for someone to care and hopefully the audience will go along with us did you see this uh new york times uh review it's it's on the wikipedia page as far as into the the contemporary review section uh Uh quote except to add that we've seen the front page under its own name and others so often before we've grown a little tired of it we don't mind conceding his girl friday is a bold-faced reprint of what was once and still remains the maddest newspaper comedy of our times it's just funny to me that even then they're like oh my god this shit again the front page I love they how they know. talk about it like anyone has seen the front page, <laughs> con- in contemporarily speaking. Like, but that's what I'm saying. Little did they know, like His Girl Friday, like the 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 stamp it would have on on cinema going forward. And even then, mm-hmm. <laughs> they were like, "All right, this is well trodden ground." Uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty good, I guess. It's it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose, yes, absolutely. 
So, and this is also, I mean, this is a film that's very highly thought of. It's it's on the AFI, like, best 100 comedies list. Um, I think it's, like, I think it's, like, number three. Like, it's really mm. high on that list. Where is it on um, the, uh, is it not on the, the 100 Years, 100 Movies? No, it didn't didn't quite make it wow. on there, I don't okay. think. Um, and uh, also, I guess, one of Quentin Tarantino's favorite movies of all time. Um, so it's well, got it's whatever a cachet that is. Movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Although I'd like to see him have uh, uh, Uma Thurman or Sam Jackson saying, hey, we're going to toss out half our dialogue. You cool with that? We got something better. <laughs> I don't know if uh, he would be that into it. I've, I've, you know, we got to mention Kevin Smith. Uh, also, the oh, same it's... thing with him. Uh, he's not, not, not into riffing. Uh, there's a story he told of Ben Affleck on Chasing Amy in the, uh, <laughs> the park sequence where they're both on swings and... This poor woman is explaining to him how lesbians have sex or the various sex acts they can't perform. Uh, I know the there's... exact. I know the exact. What do you do for an encore? Hit her in the head with a fucking bat. It's... And Smith is like, "Cut what?" <laughs> <laughs> and Affleck, and I'm like, "No, no, you gotta leave it in." I, I know my audience, and he's like, "You don't have an audience yet. This is pre-Goodwill Hunting." Of course, he would go on what a year later to win an Oscar for uh, screenwriting. So, yep. Maybe, Maybe he should listen, there, yeah. Kevin. That's that's it exactly. Um, so, as you kind of like walk away from this movie, are there are there things from it that you're going to like hold on to, like things that are like actually memorable and good, or is it just a movie that you kind of got through and you're like, okay, I can kind of see where some of this stuff came from, but this just isn't my cup of tea. It's it's not. Um, I, you know, I don't I don't think it's funny because I. I made the mistake of going to Letterboxd and there, there are not a lot of negative reviews for this, which actually, you know, this is the, the worst insult I can give uh, hmm. people where it's like, I don't know if I believe a lot of you because this is got such a heavy hand as far as it's, it's style that it doesn't really surprise me that I wasn't digging it. Like other than it's, it's seen as a classic and you can uh, see the, uh, the imprint it's left on the medium I also would have a similar thing to like, uh, I don't know, Halloween or slasher movies. I could see people saying like, I'm not, not really into those. And it's like, well, if you're not into slasher movies, no matter how great this one particular one is, you probably still won't enjoy it because it has all the trappings. It's sort of divine, the genre. And so I guess like I'm expressing some distrust. That's like, wow, everyone that I've seen that uses letterbox just, uh, they all like this particular style of comedy, which is strange because I, I've always heard or assumed that comedy is like the most subjective uh, form of entertainment. So, um, you know, it's one of those, uh, I think the premise of this show, kind of crossing it off the list, uh, hating you for not uh, selecting Nothing broad new there. Bro broadcast news. I'm like, there it is. It's sitting on my shelf. I've got the cartoon. I much prefer that. See, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that there was a romance in that because I've never seen broadcast news. Well, you uh, dumb so. bastard! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear you giving me any suggestions, so <laughs> I was not. I mean, I had my uh, suspicions about His Girl Friday, but I'm like, well, I've never seen it. Now, if I had seen it before, you might have seen me throw up the, the red flag saying, well, Are you well, well. sure yeah. you want to do that? <laughs> I just really like uh, broadcast news, I, I guess, uh, more than most. So I think that you will enjoy that one. Mm. Um, maybe not. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about uh, Albert Brooks is in a uh, love triangle. Okay. That may I be mean, the hardest you, thing if, to If follow. you had asked me that before I watched Mother, 
Um, I might yeah, have a different yeah. answer, but I'm I'm a little gun shy after after that one, so it's a little bit tough. This is Brooks in the '80s. You're you're on safer ground with him. Oh uh, yeah, that's before, true. Yeah, that's true. So I had one last question for you before we kind of wrap all this up. So when it comes to these like old, considered classic movies, mm-hmm. do you have any like recommendations for like viewers who haven't seen these movies and you want to avoid that trap of like, well, it must be good. Because so many people like it. You know, I yeah. think it can be tough when you walk into a movie and you're like, oh, everyone gives it four or five stars. This must be really good. And then you're kind of sitting uncomfortably watching this. Like, what am I <laughs> What am I missing here that everyone else gets? I, I don't think uh, – I, I don't think you are. I don't think it's on the audience uh, to research it to a level that it becomes enjoyable. Now, you, you may enjoy the sort of – educational process like i said the the inspiration you want to go mm-hmm. through film uh as like historical artifacts which you know doesn't sound that enticing but uh you could you know <laughs> make those connections and maybe that would be more enjoyable than just watching it as a movie unto itself especially in 2021 but you know the the thing i thought of as i was watching this and i think that i'm i'm able to fire this particular bullet in the chamber at you more often because of the the designated roles that we're taking for the premise of this podcast because you know we're not monsters uh, like a lot of movie (laughs) podcasts we do have a premise that we we try to stick to um is i don't know if we ask that of people when it comes to say music in particular like that was the Mm. thing i kept thinking of i'm like it's actually the opposite in that field. Whereas if, if you're stuck in a particular decade, you're, you're like, uh, you know, the, the guy who never left high school, like, you know, you're, it's like, you're listening to the music when you were a teenager and then you cut off any future progression (laughs) and you've been left behind and you're just, you know, you're just not with it. You're not hip and you're, you're not educating yourself anymore with films. It's the opposite, right? Where people say, if you don't get the older stuff, then you're not progressing and educating yourself by going mm. backwards. But I don't know how many people on film Twitter are listening to like, you know, big band music and just saying, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is where it peaks. This is, if you don't get this, you know, you don't need to listen to anything from this century. That's just foolish. Cause it all <laughs> comes from this. And it's just weird how <laughs> two different forms of entertainment, the, the people that seem to take it seriously, uh, go in two different directions where I feel like music fans are always searching for like the next hit and mm-hmm. film fans, you know, their, their badge of honor is how far back, how, how close <laughs> can they get to the original conception of this as packaged <laughs> entertainment? And right. it's like the further right. we get away from that, the lesser it became. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with it either is what I'm saying. Like just, you know, you, mm-hmm. you're eventually just going to find the stuff you dig naturally, which is probably the best way to do it. So I don't know, like his girl Friday, I wouldn't say the way we're doing it is great as far as like, all right, pick a movie. Shut up, Mike. This is what we're watching it. (laughs) But if someone watched broadcast news and they're like, oh, I kind of want, you know, I want want something else like like this. And they may have to go this far back to get it. And, you know, maybe it just hits that sweet spot and they kind of fall into it. But no, I I don't think that people necessarily – need to cross things off the list like uh probably like we do but um I, i'm i'm comfortable enough to say that i didn't dig it but i could certainly understand some people finding this and adoring it falling in love with this 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 movie right. like that's that also wouldn't surprise me either so 
Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, there are some things, I guess, you could go in the past. Like, I don't think we're ever going to cover, like, Birth of a Nation. I think there's some No, things, we will not. Some things that, <laughs> you, you ever know. want me to quit the podcast? That's a good way to do it. You ever want out of this? You'd be like, Dave, it's time for fan favorite, Birth of a Nation. Like, well, no, I'm done. I, you know, I don't – I'm going to look this up now, Dave, but I have a suspicion that it would fall more on your camp yeah. than it would on yes. mine. Um, Sadly, yes. Yeah. Yeah, because you know your 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 side of the podcast is decidedly more racist for some reason. I'm just the. Uh, I mean, I'm that's the, probably true, actually. <laughs> if you're going like, off lists, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, mean, Gone with the Wind is probably on there. Pretty goddamn racist. Not a lot of racist movies in that, like you know, you know, sixty-eight to like thirty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, because it's not you know they're not going after that. You know, like that's not. <laughs> No, that's not the point of that stuff. So, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I've threatened you with a green book and I can't too critically acclaimed. It's not in, right. <laughs> I can't that's do right. it. Did too well. Yeah. So in terms of the classic movie thing, like the thing I've found helpful is to not do research ahead of time. Right. To so just like, okay, I'm going to watch this movie. You might know it's thought of as a classic um, and then just, you know, sit with it. And then you can do your research afterwards because you cannot like a movie and then you could still like do some research and appreciate what came from it or where it came from. Um, but there's no rule that just because a movie won an Oscar or just because a movie has like this movie, 98% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes with an average 9.07 out of 10 score, it doesn't mean that it's going to be for everybody, right? There's no there's no shame in not liking a classic film. There's plenty plenty of great films. I do that other podcast with Andrew that awards don't matter. And there's been three or four, you know, award winning films that I'm like, that was terrible. Like, I never want to watch that again. And that's OK. And you can still take a look at it and see what came from it and still kind of be OK with it. But like I, I wince when I see people like either handing out way too many like five-star reviews or way too many like half-star reviews. Like I'm like, you know, the vast majority of movies are between two and three and a half stars. Like that is, that's how averages work. Like most movies are in that middle range and you have to start thinking like, okay, am I being impacted by everyone else's opinion or am I actually taking this at face value and like what it means to me, right? There are people that think, uh, oh, what's that movie that the director of Donnie Darko made? Um, Richard Kelly. Southland yeah, Richard Tales. Kelly. Southland Tales, they think it's a five-star movie. It's beautiful. It's a perfect movie. And I, I think it's terrible, but that doesn't mean they're wrong. It just means very, that's their experience of it. Very you know? His and Girl Friday okay. to me, where it's a very – there's an extreme sensibility there where I – Yeah. And I'm <laughs> I'm probably one of the strange folk that's like right down the middle. I'm like, well, it's okay, I guess. It's, it's a little fine. weird. That's what it's you want to no, do. Uh, <laughs> it's no The Birth of a Nation, which I looked up while you were talking. 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. 93 yep. 55% on audience score. So, yeah. We're... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I think that's where you fall into the idea of like, oh, look what this film did stylistically to like push forward the art form. Like, that's always the story you hear. But there are many movies that aren't virulently racist that did that as well. And you can just kind of expand your horizons a little bit, not just look at the movie that like, you know, made heroes out of the KKK and helped them come back to power during that time. So maybe stay away from stuff like that and find other movies at that time that were doing similar things. So just just an idea. Or just watch Southland Tales because I uh, pulled that up. 
The numbers, it's almost perfect. 39% from the critics, 41% from the audience. We were almost unified completely. (laughs) Yeah, we were right there. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) All right. um, So I think that's enough on His Girl Friday. It's an enjoyable movie, (laughs) but uh, there are many better Cary Grant vehicles out there, I think, for people to see. But, you know, uh, once they get a good copy of this somewhere, or if you can find a DVD um, or a Blu-ray, Is there not a criterion of this? I feel like there is. I feel I, it feels. You like haven't one purchased of those it, though, huh? No, another well, I've never seen it. So, so although yeah, that's not same thing copy. for me, because I have plenty right. of shrink wrap copies, and I'm like, eh, <laughs> Apple TV, <laughs> just go ahead, give me what you got. <laughs> I'll just pay four dollars again. It's fine. <laughs> I'll just rent that. So yeah, I mean, I think it's like fun. I think it's worth a watch, but I, I don't think it's one. Of, it's not one of those movies that for me, I would be like. Oh my God! Everyone has to see this. If you if you're if you like Cary Grant, you have to see this movie. I would certainly like put something like the Philadelphia Story above that, which I know for a fact has a Criterion because I own that one. So watch that one instead. A lot more fun. Um, so Mike, what are we what are we doing next? That's a, that's a nice smooth transition from his girl. The Friday. the natural uh, next step for his girl Friday is to celebrate Earth Day with my man Kevin Costner and Waterworld. And well, I've seen. I saw you post about your letterbox account. Your last four watches. That, you know that that was a pretty good representation of what this podcast is. We, it was. Yes. <laughs> we go from His Girl Friday to Waterworld, yep. and then you know back and forth the ebb and flow yep. of this show. So yep. ebb and uh, flow, very very nicely done. I've got That's nothing else. Water reference. There, there's no other connection to His Girl Friday <laughs> to Waterworld. Nothing. It's it's well, Earth Day. As we'll you talk said, about most, it. It's uh, the most popular day for a podcast to have a, a yes, themed episode. Yes. I mean, we'll talk about it. It's very stylistically bold, much like It's Girl Friday. So we will talk in our next episode about maybe one of the biggest failures of all time, Waterworld. So there's something to look forward to. And in the meantime, you can find us online. You can find us on Twitter at Offscreen Death. And you can find us on Instagram at The Offscreen Death, which uh, I may be taking over because Mike refuses to post pictures on Instagram. So uh, look forward to password here. Still can't figure it out. (laughs) So look forward to to a little bit more uh, interaction on the internet uh, if if that's something you would want. Uh, But we'll talk to you next time when we talk about Waterworld.